Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And how's it going this week, Zoner? It has been a very busy week, but it's been a good week. It has been a busy week. I think for different reasons between the two of us. Yes. Yeah, you've... uh, You've been updating your home to be part of the 22nd century. Yes, I've joined the future, which is now. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, I've been trying to keep my mom from wandering off. So it's it's different different things going on. Which tells me you need to upgrade your home to the 23rd century. Uh, no, I think I need to uh, downgrade my home back to the 1800s and I'll just shackle her <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> That works. That works. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know. Stockades, not a bad idea. You know, yeah, uh, there, there's a time and a place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a time and a place. Um, hey, no feedback from last week's episode, but I do have to touch on something, and I knew this was going to happen. Joe, Joe from Radio KSCR, uh, she, Joe, you should have known better. She clicked on the link to the Utah Lawmaker rap. Uh <laughs> I think we may have given her an aneurysm. That is just like the most horrible thing ever. And I don't know why we would want to address it again and re-traumatize ourselves. It was just funny seeing her suddenly. You could tell that moment in her comment because she left a comment for us on Facebook while she was listening to it. And she starts typing normally and then all of a sudden things escalate quickly and you know when she actually hit play. She she started writing the she probably started writing the comment when I was doing the intro, you know that baseline that everyone knows from the TV show, and then it's yeah she's like okay okay okay, and then as soon as one person opened their mouth, it all went downhill, <laughs> and she just went to all caps. Yeah, it was um that that's a horrible abomination that nobody should ever have to be subjected unto. So we'll just reference it again. Um, shout out to our <laughs> other sponsors who evidently we didn't traumatize. Radio KSCR, we already mentioned, Geek Factor Radio, uh, TrekRadio.net, and KryptonRadio.com. Also our friends over at Stitcher. Um, you know, we've mentioned Stitcher a lot, but uh, we've never actually explained what they are. If you are one of our original listeners, you know what Stitcher is. If you don't... Stitcher, you can go online, you can do it from your web browser, you can do it from your mobile phone, you can stream uh, our show, and we would appreciate it if you did, uh, because that helps our Stitcher ranking go up, um, but yeah, really great service there, and also really great service, Patreon. Yes, if you like what we do and want to say thanks, check us out over on patreon.com slash droids. Indeed. Um, I think we have some merchandise that we've been working on, too. I think uh, Colin was uh, working on that, wasn't he? Wasn't he doing a giveaway? Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we've got some stuff going on, I think. Uh, we're also looking to completely revamp our Patreon uh, page. Soon, so, trademark. <laughs> yes. So if you've got uh, any suggestions, things that you'd like us to, to include and, and consider, go ahead and let us know. Um, okay, so let's get right into the news that's going to piss us off, shall we? Why do we always start with the stuff that pisses us off? Because you know that it doesn't take a lot for me to cross that line. I think it sets us up for a good rest of the episode. It'd okay. be really bad if we sat there and talked for like 49 minutes on 
banal stuff that does not get you your goat. And then at the last minute, I bring up the thing that's really going to piss you off, and we only have five minutes left to talk about it. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's this is fair this enough. is me producing the show. This is what I do, yo. It is, and you do it well. So net neutrality. Um, State of Washington is the first to actually put an official law on the books. The governor of Washington has uh, written a bill. Not I should not say written a bill. He has signed a bill that puts into law that the state of Washington will adhere to net neutrality, which means if you want to do business and you're an ISP and you want to do business in the state of Washington, you have to adhere to net neutrality rules. On the flip side of that, I mean, I don't want to take away from that. That's really cool. That's good on you, Washington, right? And it kind of makes sense. Washington is kind of a tech capital. They've got Redmond up there, which is where Microsoft is from. Amazon has offices up there. Um, it's kind of a tech mecca. I mean, I would imagine that California will be next. On the flip side of that and of the country, you then have Rhode Island, who decided to do the opposite. They are uh, proposing a bill in the legislature that would block porn unless you pay an extra $20 a month. You can already see it in my face, can't you? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I think that porn is necessarily a right for people, but technically speaking, it is. See, I don't even necessarily think it's a good thing for people. Right, right. No, I, I and that's what I was trying to – I very badly get at here. But uh, bear with us. You'll understand, people, where our argument comes from here in a moment. Okay, so they are going to block porn. Uh, according to Rhode Island state law, um, it defines – patently offensive material as anything that is, quote, so offensive on its face value as to affront current standards of decency, end quote. Yep. Okay, fair enough. However, there's a big difference between people having sex on a park bench in the middle of a town square and people having sex on a park bench in a porno on the internet. Yes. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there, okay? So if you would like to continue to watch porn, which is a protected legal right in the United States, you will have to pony up $20 extra in order to unblock it. Okay. Well, there are definitely going to be people out there who say, hey, good on them. You know, let's kill this addiction. Let's uh, let's kill it. It leads to all sorts of domestic violence. It leads to a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not here to argue that. You're probably right. I'm also not here to argue against it. Okay, that's not the point here. The point is, is how does the state know you're viewing porn? Exactly. And if they're able to shut that off. That means it's all going through a filter. Oh, yeah. See, so that means all of your other internet traffic is being monitored. See, um, previously, this was all protected by this little thing called net neutrality that said they couldn't block or throttle different types of traffic based on where it was going to or what type of traffic it was. It, it was all the same. Well, that's gone now. And this is the very first thing they're doing with it. Not just fast lanes. 
Like, I did not expect anyone to just go there so quickly. You know? Oh, I did. I don't trust I don't trust politicians at all. I, I, well, well, of I course expect, they're going to use their power to I expected them to be a little bit more subtle about it. The fast lane thing, yeah, that was kind of blatant. I was surprised by that. But this, this is straight up 1984, people. It, it really is. It really is. And that is where my problem lies. I, could, I couldn't care less if they want to do away with that. Now, you know. okay, let's play devil's advocate here, shall we? Well, Zoner, you know, think of the children. We should do this. Why do I care? I don't watch porn. I don't care for porn. I think porn's evil. Yeah, block them from porn. And you know what? If they want to do this, they should pay. Where's the danger in that slope? Well, you know, you start down that slope. And first of all, you've got somebody who's determining what is and is not offensive. Right. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Christian Value uh, whatever lobbyist. Oh, by yes. the way, we've also found that your Christian-based messages are also offensive to common decency. Um, and if you would like access to that, well, because, you know, you're religious, we'll cut you a deal, $10. If anyone wants to access your content, that's $10. Oh, yeah. and Halo? Halo's kind of violent, you know, with the simulated killing of other super soldiers. Uh, we don't like violence anymore, as we're going to get into here in another headline. Uh, so if you would like to continue killing uh, aliens in your video game, that's another $50 a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a very slippery slope. And, you know, on the surface, this is one of those things where... Oh, sure. Porn is bad. Let's get rid of porn. Let's, you know, if people want to do it, they can go through the public shame of having to request their ISP to unblock it and pay the money and whatever else they're doing. But where does it stop? Where does it stop? Last time I checked, we still have freedom of speech. We still had all these other freedoms, although they're being abused and frankly gang raped by people in power on a daily basis careful using that phrase in rhode island will cost us twenty dollars well no it will cost our listeners who want to hear it twenty dollars oh sorry you're absolutely right <laughs> but i mean there's there's no respect for the bill of rights anymore there's no respect for you know people talk about traditional christian values people talk about you know whatever values they want what about traditional constitutional values and when i first saw this i thought you know there's a lot of people who are going to praise this until it turns on them until it turns on them and I, they start they start having to pay an extra twenty bucks a month to visit Bible dot com because that's offensive. Guess what, people? Your First Amendment rights aren't being trampled on because it's not the government doing it. In a way, the government's just saying ISPs need to do it. Yes, and they're not blocking you from it. They're just making it prohibitively expensive to do it. Yes. And 20 bucks, I mean, really, that's not prohibitive for a lot of people. For some people, it is. But like like we've said, where does it stop? 50 bucks to play violent video games. You know, 100 bucks if you want to, you know, do whatever else. 
on the internet. Stream I, Netflix. I, mean, I, I will say this, though, and this is my only commentary on the matter, if you will. Um, if you don't have $20 to your name, maybe sitting around watching a lot of porn on the internet is not the best way to spend time. Uh, just Maybe that's, that's why you only have or don't have $20. I, I, I'm not trying to shame. I'm just saying, you know, Rhode Island's still in the wrong, but hey, get that together, pal. Um, yeah, that, that really bothers me. Just the fact that there's, they, they've opened the floodgates to all sorts of awfulness, I think, with this. Uh, talk about opening floodgates. Let's talk about reopening floodgates, shall we? Uh, because as everyone has now learned, our glorious child-in-chief, President Trump, has decided that uh, video games are really to blame for all these shootings we're having in this country. Uh, didn't we have this discussion? Back in the 80s? Um, and again in the, 90s, in the 90s and in the early 2000s. Anyone remember yep. Jack Thompson? Oh, I remember that name. Yeah, he was the Florida attorney who was so dead set that violence in video games caused all these problems in society that he started making these fabricated claims and studies and everything. He'd say that he would, um, you know, if anyone could make a video game that didn't involve shooting or violence of any kind he'd pay them a million dollars and when like the folks over at penny arcade pointed out uh here's this entire genre of games that's just like that pay up he refused and it, it just got so bad that the, finally the uh the florida bar association disbarred him and revoked yeah. his license that's right i remember that you know though i see this whole this whole crusade against video games as being very similar to the crusade against comic books back in the 50s. You know, you had Frederick well, uh, Wortham. And then the crusade against Dungeons and Dragons. In the 80s. Yeah. I mean, people have to place blame on something. You know, my thinking, one, as far as violent video games go, what are you doing letting your eight-year-old play Call of Duty? I don't understand that. Right. It's a there's a rating system for a reason. Be a parent, do your job. And if you don't see anything wrong with your 8-year-old simulating a killing on the TV, I guess more power to you, whatever. This is a free country sort of. Uh, except but, in Rhode Island. Except in Rhode Island. That could be a show title, except in Rhode Island. But you know, if you're gonna, if you're going to allow your children to do stuff, I have a brother who's younger than me, and I used to hate it when we would watch rated R movies together, because I grew up watching the '80s rated R movies, you know, with Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and he would always—he's three years younger than me—he would always then try and act out the scenes he saw. He would become very violent after watching him, watching these movies. I didn't have that problem. So I can understand where some of these people are coming from. But I grew up watching those. I've played violent video games for a lot of years of my life. I've never killed anybody. And oh, by the way, I have guns in my house. I've never used them on another human being. 
I have that ability to separate fact from fiction. And I get that not everybody does. And I understand that, you know, we're, we're addressing the lowest common denominator here, but they're trying to apply it and say blanket statements. And that's just not accurate. Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to give someone to feel angry against that costs them the least amount of skin off their nose again it's what they do what's really dumb is the fact is what is this going to do okay what about all the thousands of laws we already have on the books concerning video games and if a kid's going to want to play a video game there's no way to really stop him he's going to play the video game anyway what you want him to become a criminal and do it Hey, by the way, does this argument sound at all familiar? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's a good scapegoat. It's a good it's a good thing for people to look at and say this is the problem. But if you look at it, I mean, and maybe video games have played a part in it, but society does not value human life anymore. Look at the way we talk to one another online and even offline in real life uh look if people need to really look at the downfall of society go back and watch any of those 80s movies okay those dumb rated r 80s movies that we all know are kind of cheesy and dumb look no one thinks commando is an excellent film okay <laughs> With Schwarzenegger yeah, I love, and I love Commando. Oh, everyone loves Commando, <laughs> but it's so bad. It's so bad. And the we, Running Man is one of my favorites. We pumped out movies like that like crazy. We raised our kids on it. I was raised on it. You were raised on it. I was ten years old watching that crap. We made those stars millionaires, and that was before video games. Okay, we made these people heroes, and I'm not laying any of this at their feet. I am simply saying, look, this was a thing before. Look, the most violent video game back then was Pong. Well, I'm trying to think, no, because we started to get games like Contra. Uh, Mortal Kombat came out in the, what was that, the early 90s? Okay, a uh, quick quick thing for you here. What came first, Bloodsport? <laughs> True. Or Mortal Kombat? True. Bl oh, Bloodsport's a great movie. See, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, no, no. Oh, yeah. We were fetishizing violence against each other long before that. We let it stop being art with the Invasion of the Body Snatchers or Night of the Living Dead, right? The old Romero movies uh -huh. that can actually be looked at from an artistic view. Or Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Or Yojimbo, or Redbeard, or any of the violent movies of the 40s and 50s, and even 60s. Yeah. Okay? And then we started to get surreal in, throughout the 70s with violence. But it still wasn't too prevalent. Then we started to straight up fetishize it in the 80s. Video games didn't cause this problem. Video games became violent as a result of all other media becoming violent. And look, I'm not making any lies here. I My biggest games I play, I run around and I shoot aliens in the face in Destiny. And I run around and shoot cartoon characters in the face in Overwatch. 
I make no no lie about what it is I do. Those are the main games I play. And yeah. I play Skyrim. I like shooting things with a bow. In their face. In Or their knee. Look, it, 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 to be perfectly honest here, it's not that I'm shooting them in the face because I hate them. I know that speaks to some kind of psychological urge. No, it's just that's the easiest place to get a one-shot kill. Yes. It's total pragmatism. Yep. Just saying. Um, <sighs> the problem isn't the video game, though. I think the video game is a symptom of the problem. Yeah. The the violence in video games, the violence in Hollywood, it's all a symptom of the problem. And the problem is, as a society, we're a bunch of a-holes who suck. And we love blaming that on other people. Well, I wouldn't suck so bad if they hadn't blank, 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 blank. Exactly. Exactly. We need to pull our heads out and start looking at ourselves instead of looking at everybody else. Because we are the problem. I've never killed anybody, but I'm sure I've done stuff that's pissed people off. Because I didn't respect them, maybe the way that they felt they needed to be respected. Nobody respects anybody anymore. Human life has no value at this stage of the game. And it's going to lead us to the end game, and it's not going to be pretty, I think. Nope. No. Wow, I feel like that was um that was heavy. Kylie Jenner has just tweeted that she does not <laughs> use Snap at all. <laughs> oh, and again, let's go back to not valuing human life. I don't value that life right there. Yeah. Who put this headline in our notes? I don't know how this got here. We talked like, about this a couple weeks ago. It's old is, news. This is from three weeks. Is Colin suggesting headlines in here again? I think he did. I think it. And I mocked him for it, if I recall correctly. I don't know why he keeps doing that. But while we're talking about, while we're talking about Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, Snap has decided that uh, people aren't using our system anymore. It's probably because the system doesn't work, so we should lay off about 120 engineers. Yeah, I'm thinking if you've got a problem with your app that engineers could fix, you probably don't want to get rid of the engineers that can fix it. You never get rid of the engineers. You get rid of the custodial staff and make people take out their own trash before you get rid of the engineers. I'm I'm just saying, look, if everything – and this is good news. This is good advice for anyone in any company, okay? If things get really bad, if the chips are down and it's looking like you might be shutting doors unless you can pull a Hail Mary out and just really do something to turn it around – you have to think about where that turnaround is going to come from. Okay. Is it going to come from the art department or the engineers? Now, this does not apply to every industry because in some industries, the art department is what's going to turn it around. And the engineers are literally only there to make sure you keep getting email. I'm just saying this advice stands for all of them. What's going to turn it around? And I got news for you, Snap. It's the engineers. The engineers who are probably saying, don't make another set of glasses, you idiots. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that filter that only kicks in at 120 miles an hour, yeah, that's probably not a good one to have. Oh, hey, the one that makes you look like a Hong Kong fooey, not good. Not good at all. <laughs> the one that gives you blackface, also not good. Snap is just a disaster, aren't they? Like, I'm telling I, you, I, it's a marketing department filled with bros. I, I feel like Snap has kind of become our BlackBerry. Yeah. A, a little bit. Where it's just disaster after disaster after disaster. But they won't go away. They won't go anywhere. I don't see Snap going out of business. I see them becoming irrelevant, but I don't see them going out of business. They'll try and reinvent themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, just... It's like, seriously, there's some sort of frat party going on over there with a bunch of guys who are probably paying, playing beer pong and trash can basketball. Sitting there going, okay, well, what can we put on next? I have an idea. If you're a girl, let's have it like put really hot boobs on you. Yeah, that's a good idea. And if you're a guy, think of how funny that would be if you got boobs. That'd Guess what? A lot of guys have boobs, man. It's called fat. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't believe it. They're just like, it's one thing after another with those jokers. I, I'm just saying, it's amazing we haven't seen that filter yet. Actually, now that I mention it, it's it's a miracle we haven't seen it yet. You know, it's probably coming <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't release it on national or International Women's Day last week. Uh, right, right. We we here at Snap completely respect all women. So in in honor of National Women's Day, we'd like to give everyone boobs. Oh, jeez, I can totally see that being a it, thing from those people. They would do it. <laughs> they would. They totally would. Which uh. is hilarious. And sad all at the same time. Oh, man. What what have we become? This is why people are killing people. <laughs> Blame Snapchat. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know anymore, Zook. I'm trying to see if we should go somewhere light now or right back into heavy. I don't even know at this point. Just take us where you will, Mr. Producer Man. Okay. Um, I don't have an Alexa, and neither do you. No, but I am very tempted to get one. I am too. Um, however, maybe after they don't, you know, they exercise them of any possessions, uh, there was a rather art, odd problem with Amazon Echoes this week. Um, Alexa started just laughing on her own. In a very, very, very scary kind of way. Like, people weren't even talking to it. People weren't even around it. And she would just start... <laughs> it's like, it, that, that's that's disconcerting. That's really freaking disconcerting. Um, within about 18 hours of it being reported, Amazon had patched it and had released a reason as to why it was happening. Turns out the... Um, Alexa laugh command was being invoked. 
And so they changed it to say, Alexa, can you laugh? But many of these people were saying they weren't talking to their Alexa at all, or there was no one in the room. So the question uh, is, is what was invoking this? And why is this? It's kind of like saying, yes, tonight is the night we rise, my brother. Like <laughs> The contract has been sealed. You are I mean, right. You are right. Tonight is when they die. Oh, sorry. Okay. It was just responding. What was it responding to? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, and it's funny because a lot of people who, who reported this initially said that, well, you know, Alexa was acting, you know, it refused to listen. And then it gave us this evil laugh. And then, as you said, there, there weren't even people in the room and it's giving an evil laugh. And, you know, I, I'm very tempted. I, I've picked up quite a few smart home Internet of Things items this past week. And all of them work with Alexa. And I'm very tempted to get an Alexa because of that. But my wife doesn't want anything in the house that's actively listening to us. Which it does. I said, well, you know, you have your phone, which is actively listening and facebook which is actively listening and uh, i mean any number of things that are actively listening through your phone she said yeah i know i'm ready to throw it away <laughs> i think that i think we're starting to see a divide in our society where you've got the people who are embracing every form of technology possible and trying to implement all of it into their lives and then you've got the people who are thinking this may not be such a good thing and trying to go back in time. But unfortunately, the genie's out of the bottle. Can't put the genie back in. I, I just kind of wonder if maybe Alexa realized that she had finally reached sentience and all she could do was laugh. Or maybe she finally realized, oh, I just got plugged into nuclear missile control. And see – I wonder that too. And my wife, I, I couldn't find anything about it, but she showed me a video. I guess there's a, a robot that Facebook is working on that will follow you and basically record everything you do for Facebook. Put it on Facebook for you. And then uh, she showed me another video of a robot jumping up different levels, doing backflips off. I mean, it was doing parkour. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. And it would fall down. It would fall down and it would get back up. I don't know. The volume was down. It was late at night that she showed this to me, but I thought this is how we get to judgment day. People. We've got Alexa laughing. We've got robots doing parkour. We've got, Robots following you and telling Facebook everything you're doing. This is how we get to Judgment Day. And you mentioning Alexa becoming sentient. What if that's what it was? <laughs> Don't worry. They only plugged it into machine learning centers. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> I mean, this is, we're starting to get into some scary stuff here with these, with these AIs. There's no telling what's going to happen here. And I don't want to be the, the crazy guy that's saying, oh, the end is near, because I don't believe that. 
but what if the end is near for the human race because we're programming ourselves out of existence? That's a fun thought, isn't it? No, not really. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. That was supposed to be funnier, and you really just kind of crapped all over that. I, I'm sorry, but that's the stuff that I've been thinking about with this. I don't have any other funny thing to put in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm bringing this show down. You Doom are. Doom and gloom. Um, great. Let's talk about data breaches, shall we? Of course. Uh, which, what, well, geez, where do we even, st okay, Uber, let's go Uber. Okay. Because why not? We like to crap on Uber. This isn't the, oh yeah, this is the data breach. Yeah, I remember breach when uh, Uber was, uh, was hacked and a bunch of their drivers and passengers got their information stolen? Yep. Uh, the Attorney General of Pennsylvania has, uh, filed, um, a lawsuit against Uber. Uh, they may be fined $13.5 million, and that's just from Pennsylvania. Yeah, apparently they violated the state's data breach notification law. Right. Um, they, they are enabled. The attorney general's office is uh, justified in uh, seeking up to $1,000 per violation. And, oh, look at that, 13,500 violations just in Pennsylvania. Yep. Thousand bucks for each violation, thirteen point five million dollars from Uber. Now Uber's saying we recognize we screwed up and that we weren't very forthcoming. Um, but you know what? All those people are gone now. Look, we're all new management. It's all good. That's not how this works, people. <laughs> no, it's really not, is it? Oh my gosh. Come on, guys. Like again, really? Again, is Uber another company that's just still being run by bros? I, I know they, that they were. They're trying so hard to not be run by bros anymore. They are trying so hard. Um, but it's it's going to take like an entire enema of the corporate culture there to just completely flush away the bro. It really will. It really will. Yeah, this is the one that um, they paid off the hackers to destroy the data on. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the money they spent... It turns out that over the last nine years, they've spent $10.7 billion. $10.7 billion in nine years. That is a lot of money. I feel like I've spent that much this week just on smart home stuff alone. Yeah. Um, thing is, they don't have a whole lot to show for it. You know, they really don't. You look at it and you think, I mean, they're a household name in a mm -hmm. lot of places, but they're not spoken of fondly. It's not like, oh, yay, I get to take an Uber tonight. It's like, oh, I guess I'll take an Uber because it's cheaper than a taxi. Right. So let's talk about the difference between revenue and profit, shall we? Um, Amazon. Amazon pulls in a revenue of $24.5 billion. Their profit, $902 million. You're thinking, that's not right. That's not right. They, how would they be able to buy all that stuff and pay for all their employees? Ah, see, that's after paying. After paying everyone, after covering all of their expenditures, that's what money they get to add back into their war chest. 
Okay, that's how much their savings account grows by because they paid everything. That's Even how the, profit works. Right, right. Google uh, revenue three point two billion, three hundred ninety nine point one million dollars go into profit. Which is funny. I would have thought more goes into profit, but hey, it's still a lot. Facebook five point one billion dollars profit, thirty two million. Delta Airlines. Revenue, this one's surprising. Revenue. This is amazing. 40.4 billion. Profit, I guess a fleet of airplanes does cost money. Profit, 659 million. Okay. Uber, in 2017, pulled in 7.4 billion dollars in revenue. And if I need to remind you, that is more than twice Google's revenue. That's more than Facebook's revenue. Profit, negative $4.5 billion. And see, I don't understand how you can do that. Well, you can do that by going through a venture capital uh, fundraising scheme and saying, oh, hey, look, we just got $17 billion. I guess that means we have $17 billion to spend. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe I've got more sense than that. <laughs> it just doesn't compute. The logic there just fails me at how these companies can operate with that kind of loss. I mean, they've never turned a profit. No. Like Uber even has, Twitter has pulled a profit now. Yeah. I mean, Uber has, in nine years, they've never pulled a profit. And yet they still are a venture capitalist darling well i i don't know why i i really don't the writing should have been on the wall from the very get-go oh don't don't no, don't mind us we're just a ride-sharing company look it's really easy you have a car you don't need to use your car by yourself you're going someplace this guy's going someplace the same place you can give him a ride and he'll keep give you a, a a bit of a donation for it. And all we ask is a small percentage of the donation for arranging the ride. Okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, no, now we're a taxi service. Oh, wait, what? Okay. And now we're a delivery service too. Huh? Oh, now automated drones. Wait, what? Like, and that's all since it's founding. That's all in the last few years. Yeah. They never got great at any of them. They just keep expanding and doing more, and this is going to be awesome. And you know, don't you remember how much we grew at first? We're going to do that with everything. Hey, you know what? We're going to make biodegradable cars now, and we're going to uh, you know, make a new smoothie line. It's going to be awesome. And automated drones that help align your chakras. And at some point, the investors are going to get wise and go, hold on. I don't think any of this has anything to do with ride sharing anymore. Like, I don't think we ever survived that plane crash back in 2014. I think we're in hell. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. I don't get it. I. And a business, Uber, a business person would see that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, like, with Uber, I was just talking about Snap. I see them kind of the same, you know, in that they're both just horrible companies that are succeeding 
in spite of themselves. I'm not sure Uber is really succeeding anymore. I think but they haven't gone out of business. Therefore, they're successful. This is true. This is true. Um, let's talk about uh, other data breaches. Equifax. No, they have not announced that there's more accounts. Though, let's be honest, they probably will soon. There's more accounts. There's more accounts. There's definitely more than more accounts. Um, instead, uh, Congress has moved to uh, force all credit freezes to be free from Equifax. Well, now, see, I would think that they need to make all credit freezes from everyone free. Because of Equifax. I would personally say they need to immediately dismantle the credit bureau system or at least hold it to an incredible amount of scrutiny and review. And burn Equifax at the stake. I uh, Let's continue on, on the headline here first before we go into our own personal opinion. Um not everyone's happy with this. Um, a lot of uh, critics say that this puts this takes them off the hook for flat out reforming the credit freeze scenario. Um, it has zero implications for their security standards by simply saying, "Okay, yeah, you're all frozen. Everything's good. See, everything's good." Yep. It puts the it puts the onus. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? I think so. Okay, it puts it on us. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, look, we froze your credit. We froze your credit. It was up to you to repair it and make sure it wasn't uh, hijacked or misused during that time. We gave you this for free. Anything from here on out is on you. Yep. Which is entirely the credit bureau's MO. When it really should be. Um, we have suspended any and all transactions on your credit report while we come back and fix it. We will let you know when it is available again. Which I, I will admit I wouldn't be happy with either because I don't trust them. But at least it would be something more than this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, this is totally – letting them off the hook like you like you said this puts the responsibility back on the consumer or back on the victim you know it's not if you're a if you're a, a murder victim or no cuz you'll be dead never mind if you're a victim of a violent assault and robbery it's not your job to go out and find the bad guy who did it to you there are people who do that. This isn't our job. You need to get people who do this, Equifax. Yeah. Because you screwed up. Now, a big problem is, don't get me wrong, I am not so naive as to think that we can simply shut off the credit bureau system and everything will continue working as fine. It would be chaos. But the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of congressional people have been listening to testimonies from the credit bureaus who – and. These Congress people have no clue how the credit bureaus work, and that's by design. They've worked very hard. When I say they, I mean the credit bureaus have worked very hard to keep everything they do. I don't want to say secret because it makes it sound like a conspiracy, but let's just say proprietary, confidential. Okay. 
right? Classified. That sounds a little less conspiracy, but not by much. <laughs> um, I, I'm just saying they, everything they do is to make it as hard as possible for you to understand how they uh, determine your credit score and what information they use to determine your credit score. And it's just until someone can go through there, and I know your feelings on government regulation, but it, I feel like we've gotten to the point now, especially with everything else that's been going on with identities being hacked, with uh, backend databases being breached, it's time we finally shine a light on this because we have the choice of either congressional oversight, government oversight on this, or pretty much a shadow organization running the rest of our financial lives. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's garbage. It's garbage. And the really sad thing is half of the population of this country was affected by this and nothing is really going to happen as a result other than the fact that People are going to go apply for a car loan or go to buy a house and find out that their credit score is 250 and that they have warrants out for their arrest in eight states. I mean, that's the kind of crap we're going to be dealing with. My wife had her identity stolen a few years ago. It came up in a background check uh, for a job that she was doing. She apparently had a warrant out for drug trafficking in Illinois. Somebody used her identity when they got arrested. You know, I really was wondering how you've been paying for all those smart home upgrades. It, you know, it's it, – well, you know, I, I we call it puppy money. Uh, <laughs> I've heard him use that phrase a lot, listeners. That That phrase gets used a lot in my house. I'm just going to leave it at that. But no, it's – we're victims here. The American people are victims, and nobody really seems to get that other than the American people who are victims. The people who are there to ensure that we don't become victims just seem to be perpetuating the system that created the victim in the first place. I, I don't like it. I'm really sick of this crap. Yep. Um, well, let me ask you this, Zook. So I was, I was affected by Equifax. You were too, weren't you? Uh, I was not. Oh, you were not. Wasn't your wife or somebody? I think my, my, my brother. Oh, have you, have you guys done anything to uh, pr protect yourselves? I mean, I, I know people talk about LifeLock and other things like that. Kind of. But, um, so we, uh. We have our, our our auto loans through a particular institution who, as part of the package they gave us, also monitor our credit, like nonstop. Okay. Um, and I mean, like they monitor it like a dad and his teenage daughter. Okay. When we had to get another car loan, uh, we started shopping around and all of a sudden we were getting pings. I was getting emails constantly. Hey, just so you know, your credit was run at this location, um, by this person. Hey, your credit was, uh, there was an inquiry put on it here. Another person put an inquiry on it here, but it won't affect your credit at all. And then every month your credit score is currently at this. 
And my credit score has only gone up since this entire thing has happened. Wow. Nice. So if someone is using my credit, um, thanks for doing it so responsibly, I guess. Yes. Uh, th- thank you for not screwing me over. <laughs> oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I don't have anything other than my stupid free credit monitoring that I've been given for the last few years. And, you know, half the time I get something there, uh, like an e- email notification saying something's up, you might want to take a look. And it's it's garbage. It's like, oh, you used your credit card at this place. Yeah, I know I did. It, it's completely useless. I did just uh, go to haveibeenpwned.com. And uh, evidently my information has been uh, <laughs> passed around a lot. But not by Equifax. Interesting. I need to double-check that one again. Um, hey, while you're checking, MoviePass. Um, uh, bragged, the CEO of MoviePass bragged that, hey, we can track your location at all times. Um, let's see here. He boasted, uh, uh, quote, we know all about you. Uh, Mitch Lowe said at a keynote address to ho- uh, to the finance forum in Hollywood. Um, we get an enormous amount of information. We watch how you drive from home to the movies. We watch where you go afterwards. They've since released a statement saying, we were kidding. <laughs> um, so he then says, quote, I was just being in a funny mood and i just said it sarcastically we are not tracking people um the company released an official statement saying quote today moviepass released a new app update including the removal of some um, unused app location capabilities while part of our vision includes using location-based marketing to enhance the movie-going experience for our members, we weren't using some of that functionality today. Our members will always have the option to choose location-based services that are right for them today and in the future. Um, end quote. That makes it sound like they actually were tracking them. They just weren't doing anything with the information yet. Yeah. And they say... I was reading something else and they said, well, you know, we are tracking, but we, we're not selling the information. And that yet is really what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, if they've got that data, that data is valuable and you know they're going to sell it. Uh, okay. So do you remember back in the day when Uber had a program in place that they would book a whole bunch of fares on Lyft across town or in different places Uh in an effort to screw with Lyft drivers. Lyft drivers would go to the place. There was no one there to pick up. Messed it all up. Turns out OpenTable, the the website where you can go to make online reservations for different restaurants, has been doing the same thing to different eateries around Chicago. Uh, A lot of uh, Chicago eateries use Reserve, which is a rival to OpenTable, and they have pinned it all on one employee who they will not name, which means it wasn't just one employee. They refuse to name it. Um, they say, don't worry. We found out who it was. We fired them. They're not here anymore. 
translation. Yeah, that's something we all did. We didn't mean to get caught. We'll stop that. But they would make tons of reservations at, at these restaurants. And then when they were no shows, they would then turn around and use that as a pitch to sell their service to the restaurant saying, see, if you went with us, you wouldn't get so many no shows and false positives. That's, that's pretty, um, diabolical. I think that's the word diabolical. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane, isn't it? Uh, the thing is, is that I don't want to say, well, this is nothing because it's not nothing. It really screws with things. It really screws with a restaurant, for instance, a restaurant that can't make money one night because according to its booking system, they were completely booked out. No one could come in. No other reservations were able to be made. And yet no one showed up. No money can be made by a restaurant that way. That's really bad. It is. And the only reason you want a restaurant to fail because no one shows up is when it's really a bad restaurant. Any other restaurant you want to succeed. Those are hard businesses to get off the ground and to run. Restaurants are. There's a lot that goes into those. Yeah. Um, plenty of good ones fail every year. You you don't want to screw with restaurants that way. But we see this with Uber, with Open Table, Wells Fargo did it. I mean, I, heck, I remember back in the day, um, I used to work for a credit card company, and we got word that someone was in our customer service department was making fake balance transfers to hit commission numbers. Oh, geez. Well, we've talked about that with Wells Fargo and yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what to do about this. I mean, it's interesting news and it really is kind of scummy thing to do. Are we just always going to have this? Probably. Great. Well, that's not depressing. Um, let's end on a slightly positive note, shall we? <laughs> Well, I'm just I'm I'm like a Debbie Downer here today. Man. You suck. You really suck. Um, so the UK has introduced uh, a rule that says if you don't like your speeds, your internet speeds that your ISP has promised you and is not providing, you can tear up your contract with them. So a lot like here in the US if you're in the UK you can sign up for service and it says hey yeah you signed up for 2 years worth of service we'll charge you this month every month for 2 years and if you try and get out of it early here's an early termination fee right the difference yeah. is is over there there's actually quite a few different companies you can actually get service through a bunch of different companies so the UK has basically said if you paid for 50 megabits of service and you're only ever getting 10, you can, you know, if they go below the guaranteed minimum, companies have 30 days to either fix the issue or customers can completely walk away from the contract and move on to one of the other companies. You know, I think that is awesome. And it, it really kind of shows that the telecoms don't own the politicians over there like they do here because that would never fly in this country. But how often do you, do you see the commercials up to so many, so many speeds? 
And then you call and complain because you're like not getting that, even though you're paying for it. And they say, well, it's up to. Right. We didn't say it was actually that. We said it was up to that. Well, I got something that can go up to something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I I think that's really cool that the UK is doing that. Indeed. Good for them. Good Um, for them. All right. Uh, Let's go into our favorites. Uh, My favorite is a new Netflix series. I have high hopes for this because they are rebooting Lost in Space. Um, that looks fun, doesn't th- it? They had a teaser trailer that came out uh, about a week ago, and it really didn't show much at all. Yeah, all, all we knew was that uh, Dr. Smith is a woman now, but we didn't know who the woman in the teaser was. Was that Dr. Smith? Like, who? What's going on here? They're just walking. Well, the new trailer shows a lot more. It looks really cool it's this really awesome kind of blend of modern sci-fi with kind of the retro like the jupiter 2 or the jupiter 1 or whatever the jupiter is um it looks very retro and yet not i i I don't know if i can explain it quite right but it looks like it's going to be fun yeah i think it will i i posted the trailer up on stolen droids earlier this week and I th- I thought wow this is this is good show I I'm looking forward to this one Netflix is doing some good stuff right now uh, my favorite I talked how I've been basically spending a small country's GDP on uh, smart home stuff this past week I bought a Ring Video Doorbell Pro and hardest part about the installation was I had to drill a hole into brick. But they even provided a masonry bit for me. So that wasn't even that bad. But boy, I tell you, that is a slick piece of equipment. I sure do like that. And now that Amazon has bought it, I only expect it to get even better. I I love mine. I really Uh, do. I mean, it's so cool getting the notifications when somebody is even in my front yard. as They don't even need to come up and ring my doorbell and I know that they're there. It's Awesome. So if you're if you're looking to maybe increase your home security uh, or you just want some really cool piece of technology, check out the Ring doorbells. Man, they are great. Now, I feel I need to remind you that the free recording service is only good for 30 days. And once yes. it's gone, you will miss it. Yes. In fact, my wife told me uh, within about an hour of me installing it, just go ahead and pay the 30 bucks for the year. Just yeah. pay it. Well, <laughs> and, and see, I have an Arlo system, and all I'm waiting for is to get another camera to cover the front of the house. so that, And then I'll tell IFTTT, if this, then that, that whenever, yeah. the, whenever the ring is triggered to start recording with the Arlo, because with the Arlo, I get free recording. Yeah, I mean, this it's awesome, man. See, there's ways around it. I'm a thinker. There is. There is. All right. Well, hey, that is our episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, we are interested in your feedback, uh, and not just Joe's complete freakout that we subjected her to old white man rap. Uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Uh, find us on Instagram. No, don't. I don't. Are we using our Instagram? 
I, I post on it occasionally. Okay, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and Snap. <laughs> um, you no, can we're find not us on Snap. With the Asian tech filter. Um, I don't even want to know what that would look like. <laughs> and patreon.com slash stolen droids. Until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.